Welcome to Goonies World for another Halloween special. My name is Goonie, also known as Colin, and I am joined, as always, by Johnny Pharaoh, also known as Sean. Hello, happy Halloween. And Meanie, also known as Ryan. Hello. And, as is tradition now, our special guest star, Lunicorn, also known as Lynn. Hello! Happy Halloween, everybody! Happy Halloween to you. And this year, and we played Call of Cthulhu the last three years, but the last one ended about as badly as a game of Call of Cthulhu can end. And so this year, we're <clears throat> starting a new adventure, and we're playing The Hateful Place. Now this game can be in any setting as long as it's in darkness. We're going to set ours in England in the 1400s. And the game itself is a rules-light horror game with a ton of random generators, which is my favorite part of it. And uh, But I could tell you about it all day long, but why don't we just talk to the game's creator, Dave Mitchell, and he'll tell us all about it. Hi, this is Dave Mitchell. I'm the game creator of The Hateful Place. Happy Halloween. Um, it's sort of strange being asked to describe The Hateful Place compared to when it first began, which is five coming up six years ago. I'd have probably been a bit more sort of sales orientated, um, but probably not so much now. Um, basically, it's a, obviously it's an RPG. It's uh, designed to be, I think, kind of you know, so simple that people like me can play it. Uh, it's not so. It's so. It's rules light. It's three dice, d20, d10, and d6, and is designed so that you can create your characters quickly and just get on and play. Basically, it's horror fantasy. I sort of grew up, you know, being obviously English, a big fan of Hammer and Amicus, and then getting into, you know, things like The Exorcist or The Omen, but also George Romero, and then. Dario, Dario Argento um, and you know f- sort of but also folk horror films like um, The Witchfinder General uh, The Wicker Man Blood on Satan's Claw um, all these kind of things really so you know the game itself is based on evil has already won now you've got to try and survive or or beat it so it's the odds, like all horror, is is loaded against a protagonist. You know, um, it's there's a sort of concept of the darkness has already fallen, but people have come up with alternatives to that. In a recent sort of book, you know, a third party release called Hateful Options, which has uh, you know a whole lot of really cool ideas. Um, combat wise, it's 
you know, one of the big draws initially was the original classic Traveller, that combat was, um, you know, one shot can kill you. I was never really a big fan of this whole idea that you can be down to one hit point and still survive. No, I'm sorry, but you're going to bleed to death. That's just kind of how it goes. Um, it's a game that's, I think, fun, that's dark, that is um, drawn from a world where, in the first book, it says there is a hateful place somewhere in my mind. And so very much that's kind of how I came to creating the game, was I'd been out of gaming for quite a while. I was sort of a D&D 1E and classic traveller back in the day that I you know, came back into things and it was Lamentations of the Flame Princess or uh, now there's Mothership, Morkborg, sorry, Mirkborg, um, and there's a whole bunch of things. But, you know, The Hateful Place is an indie game. It's not kick-started. It's purely literally from the kitchen table and is word of mouth and it's still going five coming up six years later that's probably as much as i can kind of come up with for now i mean check out the books really and i don't know just see what you think and hopefully you'll enjoy it all right thank you dave I've actually published two adventures for the Hateful Place myself, but tonight we'll play in a module of Dave's called Victimshire. We do not have the time to do it full justice, so we're actually doing more of a Victimshire sampler of some of my favorite bits that we can squeeze into our podcast time. And I might also put my own spin on a rule or two, which I always consider my prerogative as a GM. So to really get to know the Hateful Place... You can get a PDF from Drive Through RPG for four bucks, or you can get a print for ten bucks at lulu.com, or just go to the hatefulplace.wordpress.com and you can find links to everything. Anyway, let's get started. Are you guys ready to be hateful? I'm always hateful. I was born ready. <laughs> so ready. So ready. Indeed. Good, good. One reviewer called this a, a game that hates you. So let's let's find out if, uh, if that's true. So it is the year 1423, and it's been a year since the Second Battle of Agincourt, in which King Henry V of England was seen to fall to the demonic horde that had ravaged France. And so the whole continent of Europe burned, and the darkness covered the land as though there's an eternal eclipse of the sun. And Victorshire, as it was called before the darkness was an English county full of green fields and clear rivers and woods and forests and thriving towns and villages. But as the as uh, Europe was leveled and burned, the gloating demon who led the attack around here renamed it Victimshire as a reminder of its humiliation. And now Victimshire is a county of seeming ghost towns and villages and Places of eerie silence. It's just like a wasteland of dead forests and scorched earth. It's home to monsters and demons and evil and twisted human wreckage. Travelers here should proceed with caution. And hey, what do you know? We have three such travelers with us now. So, friends, can you tell us a little bit about your characters, like their name, their class, and just a just a touch of, of their background? And I encourage you to do this in character and. Uh, I think uh, that, Meanie, why don't we just start with you? 
Right, well, I'm Fergus Bones, or, uh, I like chopping people up and selling them for meat. It's great fun. <laughs> and, uh, typically, you know, got some blood splattered everywhere about on my clothes, so I just wear red clothes to, you know, compensate. Um, so you can't see the stains as easily. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. I imagine he's got kind of a creepy looking look about him. Just generally kind of piercing creepy eyes and yeah. Mm. I'm just bad news. You are bad news. And you know what? Flesh selling is big business. Flesh sellers operate in most places with impunity. It's not really talked about, but everybody needs their meat. Yeah, so, Goonie, why don't we hear about your character? Well, he's also quite creepy. His name is Finton Grimbard. And he is a part of the dead clown class. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, and uh, he was a former cultist that... Um, they have, these dead clowns have abandoned their former beliefs and now they just hunt creatures of the darkness. And uh, he wears the really creepy face paint, sort of like a clown, but it's all kind of crusty and dirty. And hmm, yeah. Yeah, he looks, he, he looks uh, very... Spooky, I guess. Okay. All right, and finally, Lynn, let's hear a little bit about your character. All right, well, this evening I've got Little Red Cloak. Little Red Cloak, she's a little fighter. She's wearing a red cloak with a little hoodie. Yeah. Comes up over her head. She doesn't look creepy at all, but she often talks about herself in third person, and you can never trust people to talk about themselves in third person. That's true. She is devoted, I am devoted, to the destruction of evil and the protection of the old and the good. Okay. And I like to cut up wolves, especially moon wolves and demons. I will slice them to ribbons until there is nothing left but a pile of scraps of flesh and blood. Oh my. That sounds delicious. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Well... Uh, actually, we're going to start in the middle of a crisis. Now, Lil and Fenton, you're already traveling together because of your mutual interests in the destruction of evil and just the, even even the crazy belief that you could even fight back against the darkness. I'll clarify, when I say darkness, it's dark literally like 23 hours a day. There's one hour of daylight. Um, and you guys are traveling together because... Uh, you've heard that somewhere in this place of Victimshire, there's a lady, Anne Wellow, of Vickerstown. She's a believer, like a cleric, who has quite a bit of influence. And she's been teaching that the darkness is only temporary and we can fight to restore the light. And rumor says she's seeking champions who can come perform important commissions for her. So that's where Lil and Fenton are headed. But you guys are traveling... Right now, you're in the middle of that one hour of daylight, from, and that's actually from 6 to 7 a.m., and uh, people often try to do hurried traveling during this one hour, you know, when they can, because after dark, there's monsters. I'm sure you'll be forced to travel by night eventually. 
But uh, it's still gray, even though it's daylight. And you're walking along a dirt road through some misty woods when up ahead, you can see two wretched men trying to lynch another. In fact, they've succeeded. They've already, they're, they're pulling on a rope. And uh, this guy is up in the air. He's kicking his legs. He's a very creepy-looking guy with piercing eyes, wearing red clothes. It is, in fact, our friend Fergus, who you have just met. And, Fergus, they're lynching you because you came to Victimshire to ply your trade. But there's a local flesh seller called Avanov who does not appreciate competition. And these are some of his minions, you know, who he's ordered to to do you in. They caught you sleeping, you know. you, You weren't prepared for it. And now... All your stuff that's useful to you is like laying on the ground next to a tree, and you're like up in the air already. Your hands aren't really tied behind your back or anything, so I imagine you might be like clutching at the rope, but your legs are probably kicking, and and that's where we all find uh, each other. As you guys round the bend coming out of the mist, Lil and Fenton, these two lynchers uh, turn around <gasps> see you. Mind your own business. Back away. What's this we got going on here? What has this man done? That's none of your concern. He's Lil don't like lynching. Let's just say he hasn't joined the guild, says one of them. Yeah, mind your own business and move on. And they're meanwhile, they're both hands, you know, they've got the rope trying to keep Fergus up off the ground. And Fergus, of course, you can see these these strangers have come in. But you guys, it, it does appear that something monstrously unfair is happening here. It's not like these guys are legitimate authority or anything. Last time I heard, not joining a guild was not against the law and not deserving of a lynching. Fuck off, or we'll lynch you. Yeah, says the other. I find that very unlikely. Yeah. As do I. (laughs) And uh, meanwhile, Fergus, uh, do you have anything you can rasp out up here? Or what are you trying to do to save yourself? What could a person do to save themselves in a situation like this? There's no fucking guild. Help. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he, you finally hear that cry of help. And gosh, I don't know. If, don't listen to him, says another one. Yeah, we'll kill you. Don't forget. We'll kill you, and then we'll have some fun with your little friend. I, well, I think you just went a little too far. Yeah, and what are you going to do? Oh, we're so scared. Look at us, we're shaking. Uh, we're going to take it further. And I'm going to pull up my sword. Okay, well, you guys better roll initiative. And uh, we're each going to roll a d6. Roll, one of you roll for your whole side. I'm going to roll for mine. The high roller will go first, and I got a four. Five. I got a five. You've pulled out your sword, Fenton, so let's go ahead and start with you. What do you do? Um, I will, uh, charge at one of these guys. Okay, mm-hmm. and go ahead and make your attack roll. You need a 15. And you make a, take a big swipe at him. Yeah, take a big swipe at him and see what happens. And by the way, I mean, uh, there are not a lot of detailed rules for movement or combat, so you should feel free to be, you know, cinematic. Keeping in mind, it's always going to well, be a 15. You know, we're up for a... To a great start, because I rolled a one. You're a natural one. Well, you, uh, yeah, you, you run up, and I gotta say, you know, in the mist and everything else, the ground's a little muddy, and you slip, you fall. It's embarrassing. You go down on a knee. Ah! <laughs> say the others. Uh, although, again, there's only two of them, and and uh, now 
one of them doesn't look quite as confident now, but uh, what are you doing, Lil? Well, Lil is going to reach into her bag that's over her arm, kind of like a picnic basket, but not. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I'm going to whip out as many blades as possible. Okay, yeah, she's just covered with blades. She's like a weapons fetishist. She's got knives, blades, short swords everywhere, strapped to every part of her body. And I assume you'll rush in for the attack. Ooh, look at that. I got a 19. Well, guess what? A 19 is going to hit. So you may roll damage. That is 4d10. A big damage swing. With high damage being interpreted as hitting in just the right location. 28. And one of them, the one you stabbed, the one that uh, you were talking to, said he went a little too far, perhaps. Yeah, 28 just hits him, like, right in a vital area, because that kills him outright. I mean, it just rips right through the side of his neck. The jugular blood sprays out. Uh, that's good good money down there, by the way, that guy's body. Fergus, Fergus, you're up above all this, and you see this happen. What do you think you might be able to do? Of course, that guy's probably let go of the rope a little bit, so, you know... You, there's some slack probably suddenly. In fact, I think it's probably likely you drop a couple inches, right, as the other guy grabs onto it. Uh, well, yeah, so I want to, like, try to swing and wrap my legs around uh, the remaining guy's neck. Oh, that's that's a great idea. And just wrap him around or, like, try to give it a little twist, too. Like, like an unarmed no, I was attack. just going to try to choke him out with my legs. Okay, okay. I thought you might want to break his neck or something, but choking also works. Why don't you do that? Go ahead and make an attack roll. 15 or higher as you swing. Ooh, but uh, that's going to be just a... Oh, uh, 14. So. 14. Oh, oh you barely you just go right past him. Uh, but he's not smirking and laughing and ha-ha-haing anymore. And it's his turn to do something. And I think that what he would most likely do is let go and run, which he does. So figures you go... Luckily, you weren't up high enough to like actually hurt you when you fell, you know. But he lets go of it, and the rope falls. Boom. And uh, he starts to run. And what do you guys want to do? Fergus, I think, for revenge's sake, I'll give you the first option here. As you stand up and you see him running off into the mists, uh, what do you do? Uh, grab my sword up off the ground and sh- give chase. Okay, because well, that's, I mean, that's money running away from me right that now. That is money. And I'll assume you, you chase him, and uh, you can certainly catch up to him and stab him. In the back, which is what you'll have to do, or wherever you'd like to stab him. Don't, don't much matter. It's all worth the same, wherever the hole is. Okay. I think I'm going to use Jim's prerogative and apply a further plus one AR here due to the fact that he is, you know, his back is to you and he's running away from you. He's not actively dodging or. And. Oh, that's going to be a 22 with the extra plus 22. Okay. Well, let's have that great big damage roll. Okay, so that's going to be, oh my god. 22. Well, that's nice. I'm sure it's very satisfying to roll such high damage, and I hope you will find it as satisfying when the effects are applied in reverse. But, yeah. Yeah, uh, these, these guys had 20 hit points, and so your, your blade goes right through the back of his neck and, like, up through and out of his mouth, you know, and he's like, <coughs> shakes around a little bit, but the body's still good and fresh now. And uh, he quivers and spasms a few times, falls to the ground. Uh, you'll have to yank your, your blade back out. I wish I had been the one to do that. Um, well, and before uh, 
I'm not before. I'm, I'm going I'm to go back and get my tools, my proper tools. Oh yeah. Um, as soon as he falls, I'm just going to take my sword and slit his belly open and start gutting him out. All right. <laughs> yep. And you guys see <laughs> this? Like getting a fish. Yeah, you guys see this, and then you see the distinctive butcher's tools, you know, up against a tree, and you realize that this, this gentleman in red is a is, is most likely a flesh seller. It's a unwholesome, but not you know illegal or you know. Uh, one might not like it, but both of you guys have eaten meat, whether you wanted to call it by some euphemism or whatever, that's, which is what most people do, most civilized people. There's not much else to, to eat, and eventually all the meat's going to be gone. I mean, all the livestock and stuff's already dead. The vegetation, I mean, it's only a matter of time before the whole world, you know, is just gone. Yeah, well, thanks. As he's, uh, you know, uh, eviscerating this corpse, he will turn around and Aye, thanks for the uh, assist there. Uh, I'd probably be a goner if you hadn't stepped in at just the right moment there. I wish I could have done more in terms of violence, but I did step up to help. I hope I did not make a mistake. I hope you are not on the side of evil in this hateful place. Uh, well, I suppose it uh, goes without saying that uh, evil is kind of subjective these days. Not to me. I see it clearly in black and white. But uh, I do wait to, you know, decide what when I think someone is evil or not. It might not be readily apparent. So we'll find out. I just a hole with no lynching, walking down the road, minding our own business, and lynching a person. But I agree, I hope you're not evil too, because I am sworn to fight all yes. that is evil in this world. As am I. Well, as they're telling you how they're sworn, uh, fear goes, and you're cutting up this body, uh, well, as you're gutting him you know um, you're obliged to touch him quite a bit and you actually realize he's got a like a vial on a string around his neck like a vial of liquid um, uh, if you want to take it you don't know what it is but it's uh, probably useful in some way uh, well when I'm yeah when I'm done gutting him I will take it and uh, because the next step was going to be to cut his head off anyway so I'm going to mm-hmm. take a look and see if I can identify what is inside of it. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and make an intelligence roll and add your intelligence bonus. Meanwhile, um, if anyone else wants to look at the other body uh, before it is presumably butchered, they may feel free. That is going to be a 19 on the mind. Well, what you think you've got here is is a tincture that uh, you've smelled something like this before. Uh, you, You have come in to occasionally have cross traffic with physicians you know in your background and uh, you feel fairly certain this is some kind of tincture that might help uh, to remove the effects of poison probably through you know it's probably a purgative of some kind okay but it could come in handy if you were ever to be poisoned because this time they tried to lynch you who knows what they'll do next time I put the, I'll put that around my neck and go ahead and whack this guy's head off and begin dragging him back to where my equipment and okay, stuff, okay. Where my tools are. Yeah. 
And uh, I don't know. Anyone want to take a look at this other fellow? Yeah. Let's see if there's something of interest on him. Well, you know, he uh, neither one of them had weapons drawn, but you see he does have a scabbard at his side. The beautiful, beautiful black dagger in it. The, the blade itself is black. It's quite nice. Gives you a certain feeling of feeling of power when you touch it. Looks like something to do with a cult. That's my first impression, having been in a cult myself. Yeah. Well, like a lot of cults, and you've seen some ritual daggers and things like that before too. So why don't you make an intelligence test to take a look at this dagger, see if there's anything special about it. If you fail, maybe Lil can take a look because she, she obviously knows her blades. Okay, I will make a mind. Yeah, mind roll. roll. Yeah, I said intelligence, but really, it's body, mind, and soul are the three stats. You want to get honor over that, or you get fifteen, oh. whatever your bonus is. Wow! Second roll, also a one. Hey, you you have no clue what this is. In fact, it t- probably seems like a pretty crappy and useless blade to you. Do you want to take a look at it, Lil? He looks like he's just, just like my yeah. die is crappy and useless. Yeah, yeah. This is the dice's fault, indeed. as always. Okay. And I got exactly a fifteen with my bonus. Well, b- b- uh. You 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 recognize this. This is a black dagger. This is a uh, this is part of old cult ritual equipment. But this this dagger would be plus one to AR for whoever used it, and and uh, Fenton might want it considering he's got a plus zero as it stands. So you might want to tell him not to throw it away, unless you want to not tell him that and then keep it for yourself. As far as I can tell, it's worthless. I've never seen anything like this before. It's garbage. I I don't know, my friend. It looks uh, looks pretty sharp to me. It's like you could do some damage with this. You want to take her advice on that? Let me have another look at that. Give it to me. Yeah. Well, it does kind of match your whole ensemble. You know, ah, creepy clown, creepy dagger, but. Uh, in the meantime, I assume you're dragging the bodies over and stripping them of flesh, Fergus. Um, yeah. So no, it's too it's too early to um, to uh, flay them. So um, he's going to drag the one back and then go ahead and you know uh, gut the other one and, and remove its head. And then he's going to, uh, use the rope that they were trying to hang him, him with to hang them by their ankles, um, from this tree, just to kind of, you know, give him a couple days to, to dry out a little bit before he tries to skin him. So I'll come back for these later. You like a little help hanging those fellas up. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So it doesn't bother me at all. To lend assistance, uh, I've seen. I've seen worse. <laughs> well, we'll assume you guys do that because, after all, this this one hour of daylight, you know, that you've got won't last forever. And again, you will be obliged to occasionally. I mean, if you only walk for one hour a day, you really never get anywhere. But people try to take advantage of it. 
and they or they hope to find an underground tavern or a cottage where people might let them in because they know after dark it's always bad. But uh, I'll assume, just for the sake of time, that you guys chat for a bit and you have and you fill in uh, Firgus about you know that you're going to Vickers Town to see this lady Ann Wellow, where who's who's supposedly saying that there could be an end to the darkness and that. Uh, you know, it occurs when you find out how influential she is from them, Fergus. It occurs to you that she just might be helpful in, you know, uh, against somebody like Avanov, who clearly has it in for you. He's he's an influential flesh seller up here, apparently, and uh, it always there's always uh, strength in numbers. So I'll assume you guys will just become traveling companions for for a while, if that sounds okay to you guys. Yeah, as long as, uh, as long as we come back this way so I can get my merchandise. Well, it's a great circular track that runs through the county, so I think that's... Uh... I do have a stipulation to make. Now, when I die, as I surely will, <laughs> <laughs> probably in the not-too-distant future, I would like you to not immediately chop up my body and sell it for parts. I wish to be buried the Christian burial. Well, I mean, that's just burying money, but, you know, all right. Yeah, it just saved your life. Well, that's why I said all right instead of go fuck yourself. (laughs) All right, all right. Well, yes, I appreciate that. Well, we're getting along already. Not telling each other to go fuck themselves and everything. That makes my heart feel good. Well, anyway, you guys will continue. Uh, but as you travel along, you know, to the misty forest, on, along the dirt road, that hour of daylight soon ends. <laughs> and your way is illuminated only by the full blood red moon. And even that you can't see clearly. You can just see, like, the smudge above the clouds where this big blood red moon is. And... You know, you don't hear any insects or anything like that. It's just deathly quiet. All you can hear are your own footsteps. But then up ahead, you hear the giggle of a child and an echo through the mist, like up ahead and to your right. But almost just as soon as you hear that, from behind you and to your left, you hear another giggle of a child. Gleeful little children's giggles start to erupt all around you dozens of them that is not natural I've not heard a children's laugh in many years that's an excellent point well if you guys look around as I'm sure you would there are small figures beginning to materialize out of the mist you can only see their their shadowy forms you know because it's so dark and misty but you hear like the sound of a swinging chain and you see another little arm raising up a hay hook and there's signs of a rake and what it does seem like is there are dozens I mean maybe as many as like 35 or 36 little children with improvised weapons giggling and approaching you out of the darkness what do you guys want to do? Well, Fergus reaches uh, into his pack and uh, pulls out the small fuzzy object and begins, like, 
he pulls it out with his, his right hand and begins stroking it with his left. Okay. And I would love to know what this fuzzy object is. Well, it's dark as kid. I me. can't see. Okay, okay. I, I'm not an omnipotent game master because this is a hateful place. Even I don't have, you know, full powers here. So, yeah, you're stro- and you're stroking that. What are you doing, uh, uh, Fenton? Maybe these kids just want to see a clown. I'll be stroking. No, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to wait a little. I'm going to wait to see what's going on, What see if they get a little closer and what they look like, see if they're maybe undead or, okay, okay. or what. Well, just let them get, we'll go ahead and let them get closer. I'm sure that's a good idea. Will, what are you doing when you see these little children? Oi, kiddos, what's your about? What's she doing with the creepy? They continue to giggle, but when they hear your voice, they all begin to move forward closer. And as you get a better look at them, they're not undead. They're just very wretched, nasty-looking little kids. They have dark circles under their eyes. They're wearing filthy clothes. Their bodies are smeared with filth and blood. A lot of them have, like, red stains around their mouth and, and on their hands. And they're all giggling. They have a weird light in their eyes. And again, they've all got these... They're improvised weapons, but, you know, who wants to get hit with a hay hook, <laughs> you know? And, or or a, like a hard rake uh, uh, with, with, you know, steel tines. And another one swinging a chain. And uh, they get closer and closer to where they're, you know... It's, it's almost like a... Your fight or flight hasn't kicked in yet, but it's getting real, real awkward. They continue to giggle, and they don't directly answer you, Lil. And uh, meanwhile, I'm so curious about this fuzzy thing. Do you want to give them a calm-down tool? Is this going to help them to calm down if they stroke the the fuzzy thing? I hope I never hear that phrase uttered again. But, uh, (laughs) no, so as your eyes adjust to the dark... um, it, it looks. It does look a bit like a stuffed rat, but it's not. It's just a like a mummified, desiccated rat corpse. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. What do you want to do with it? Well, he was just stroking it for good luck. Okay. Um, all right. Good. 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 Okay. I think that's. But a- um, as these kids like approach, um, he's going to put it back in his bag and pull out his sword. <laughs> okay. Well, one of them stops for a minute when you pull the sword out, but then other one, another one pushes that one who stopped, and they keep creeping towards you. And they start, uh, one of them says something like, it's a lot more of us. And they all start singing, or like, like chanting this little like children's rhyme. It's really creepy. They, one or two start it, but then they all pick it up. Hop, hop, my dead frog, from stone to stone, from log to log, from hungry bird to hunting dog. Hop, hop, or be a dead frog. Hop, hop, hop fast, my little frog. And then they'll rush you guys. And uh, I need you to go ahead and roll nation. Okay. Well, it's my third one in a row. That time on a a D6. Okay, well, you guys... uh, Unless they roll a one and well, hey, they rolled a one. That means it's a tie. We got to keep rolling. Lucky for you. Oh, okay. Well, um, we'll see if I can break this curse. I hope so. Curse there's the like ones. Thirty-six little 
<laughs> vile children are what they are called. They were vile children. Two. Hey, there you go. Guess what? You got to jump on the vile children. They've rushed you after their creepy hop, hop, my dead frog rhyme. And uh, what? Uh, see, I know only one of you had already said they had a sword out, and that would be Fergus. So, Fergus, what do you do? Um, he's going to say, well, don't you know the young ones are the most tender? And he's going to go in swinging. Okay. Okay. That's the right attitude to have. It's like veal, right? It's as close as you're going to get to veal these days. Uh, 20. 20 certainly hits. 20 hits. 20 hits, obviously. So let's go ahead and have that damage. 10, 11, 17. 20 damage as well. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, that one falls to the ground. Dun-dun-dun. Dunk, and, uh... But in terms of flesh, two of the other ones immediately <laughs> grab his body and pull it back a few feet away from you, start eating it. Like, rip open his guts and start munching on his intestines. Hey, that's mine! <laughs> they say with a hiss. And suddenly they're like cornered dogs with their food, but they're not afraid to eat each other. That doesn't stop the rest of them from continuing. And there's still dozens of them. Dozens! And, uh, Lil, what do you do? Our legs are a lot longer. There's a lot more of them. But I see my friends are wanting to stay and fight here, so... Okay, well... I guess I'll give a go with... Baseful knives. Okay, why don't you give one a... Give that knife a swipe. And I hit with a 16 plus 2. Yeah, this certainly hits. Let's have the big damage. Let's have some big damage. 26. 26. Again, well, that dagger goes right, right through, uh, right, right through the sternum, right into the heart of one of them. These little eyeballs open wide, and then he falls down, slides off your blade. Of course, there are still dozens of them. Fenton, what are you doing? Okay. So, hopefully this doesn't involve rolling any dice. It doesn't, probably, but what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to... Since there's so many dozens of them, I'm going to... I'm going to cast a spell, and I'm going to cast Protect on my allies. That is very nice of you. For five rounds, they're completely... Yeah, you guys are completely impervious to harm for the next five rounds. However, Fenton has a price to pay for this. He he will be unprotected during this time, and any damage that he takes will be double. It's a price he must pay for this power of spell. But you guys can feel, like, almost see this, like, shimmering aura around you. You feel, suddenly you feel invincible. Uh, And uh, that's a great, great use of the spell. And I think, unfortunately, now, though... For Fenton, anyway. It is the turn of the vile children. And up to four of them can get in and attack you guys at once. And eight of them try. I mean, four of them swarm Lil and four of them swarm Fergus. But, uh, you know, they are they can't even really get a, a grip on you, you know. And um, that doesn't stop them from trying, but it's infuriating, infuriating them. And they're hissing and screaming and growling. Meanwhile... Uh, oh crap! Of the four who are able to get a purchase in and get close enough to attack you, Fenton, two of them actually managed to hit. 
And I'm going to roll the dice right now. Well, the first one, I guess you're lucky because you only take 14 points of damage. <laughs> and the second time, you take six. Because that is about the world's worst roll. It's not as bad as a four, but it's close. And these vile children, you know, you got hit with a hook. You got brained upside the head with one, a swinging chain and like a hook pulled, pulling at your side, you know. But it doesn't, you know, it rips part of your side out. It's a, it's a bad scene. But your friends are invincible. And uh, there are really about uh, only 33 of the vile children left in this mob. So you should be able to take care of them all. No problem, right? And so we're going to continue to take turns. It's uh, all of them can't get in here and attack you at once, but they'll ha- they'll have to come in and in great waves. And we will go back to the top of the round, and we'll mix up the order a little bit. So I think this time, why don't we start with Lil? Lil, you've just stabbed one of them through the heart, and there's still three more, and one more steps up to fill you know that one's p- space. Stabbing. Okay, well, let's hear some more stabbing then. I missed. Oh no, oh no, we missed. You missed to a uh, chorus of mocking giggles from the children. And uh, uh, Fenton, what are you doing? I'm going to... I've done my part. I'm going to run a good distance run away. Run away? All right, you start running, and, these, and, you know, a bunch of them, probably about, you know, 12 of them at least, break off and start chasing you to the woods. But you've been running, and they're chasing you down the... you running into the woods or staying on the path towards Vickerstown? Uh, I'm going to stay on the path. That's probably, that's probably smart. And, <laughs> Fergus, what are you doing um, well, um, it's rough because, um, he just sees, uh, money, dollar signs, but, Oh, yeah. Uh, so many pounds. Flesh is worth its weight in gold, my friend. You better not waste my spell. You're impervious. You must fight. I'm Two versus, like, 30, and we're only going to be impervious for five rounds, and yeah, we can only yeah. kill maximum of two per round. <laughs> like We can take out as many as we can in four rounds and run on the fifth, though. Well, I miss. Well, no, you miss, so no. And then what about you? Oh, Lil's already gone, so it's their turn. And they attempt, they try, they try, they do their best, they bite, they claw. And so that's their second round of not being able to do anything to you. And meanwhile, uh, they're really attempting to do their best to catch up with you, Fenton, but their legs are just not as long as yours, and uh, they're running as fast as they can. They have a chance to catch up, but I'm giving them a penalty to their AR, and they don't get it. they got an 11, but really, you know, if you consider yourself at 15 and they're on 11, they're not that far behind you, and they're still laughing as if this is just some fun game to them. And giggling and running and chasing you through the forest. And uh, we are back at another round. And you guys may have your third round of imperviousness and try to slaughter as many of these little children as you can. 
What, hmm. what a statement. <laughs> well, it's Halloween. Oh, yeah. 18. 18. Let's have some damage. One of the four on you is hit. 18. Wait, no. Mm. Make that 21. I thought that was a six. It's a nine. 21. Okay. 21 points of damage. And that one falls in yet another giggling one steps over its dead body to take its place. And there's a few in the background who are joining the others eating that other one. But, uh, uh, Fergus, what do you do, my friend? Fergus rolls a 15 to hit. That is definitely going to hit. hit. And that's going to be 13, 19... Plus 27. 27. Another just slight, right, almost decapitate that one as it falls in front of you. And then another steps up to take its place. It's your third round of uh, imperviousness. And they again try to attack you back, and they just cannot. And the others run, still chasing. Oh, man, they're actually they're getting closer, man. They're, they still failed, but they rolled a 13. I'm going to interpret that as they're, they're gaining on you. And uh, these little children hot on your heels. Hop, hop, dead frog. Hop, hop, dead frog. Be a fast little frog. Dead frog. Uh, they're really creepy, vile, vile children. And they probably deserve whatever's coming to them in this last round of invulnerability that uh, our protected friends Lil and Fenton, or Fergus have. So why don't you go ahead and make your attacks. Ooh, miss. No, oh, no. I miss. Oh well. no. Okay, well, it's you've got this one last round. Is uh, you, they they uh, again? They're swarming you. They're doing their best. They're getting frustrated. They're not giving up. Um, they just keep trying harder and harder and harder. And you have this innate sense. Now, you don't really know it's five rounds, but I mean, you have this innate sense that the power is starting to wane. What you guys like to do? I mean, we get. Fucking rum, man. I, d- I, I don't want to, but what? I don't think we got a choice but to leave all this food behind. I don't really behind. fancy it either, but. Yeah, no one likes to run, especially from giggling, mocking children. But you guys, you almost have to. I mean, you know, uh, it, I guess it's possible somebody could live through this, but a couple of lucky hits on you guys, and you're, you're dead meat. I think, you know, Fenton's already hurt pretty bad. And you guys go rushing off after him, more or less, down the trail. Of course, then you have the awkward situation of you can see the other ones that chased him off ahead of you. And now the rest are chasing you guys. And uh, they did not catch up with you. But I'm going to have a few more tries here. I assume you guys will head off into the woods a little bit, try to get around them. He's basically just a running... I haven't rolled anything higher than a 15 for them. And I rolled... I don't know if you could hear that. It was like eight or nine times. I think I've given them plenty of chances to catch up with you. As you guys burst out of the woods, obviously Fenton is first and Fergus and Lil come afterwards. But there's a plane up ahead, like a little meadow really. And there you can actually see... Uh, and of course, you've been running for so long, you know, your lungs are burning. You've got a pain in your side. But you can see a few lights ahead in this meadow. It must be Vickerstown because you knew this road was to it. And when you rush into the outskirts of the village, the, the vile children won't chase you all the way out. They won't chase you all the way out. But in this village, uh, you can see there's just about ten huts, shacks, really, but one larger 
wooden house that, that may have once been a, a vicar's house, you know. Certainly has that look. And there's a light burning in one of the huts. It's very close to you. And then there's a light burning in, in the vicar's house. And like I say, the children don't follow you at all into Vicar's Town, but if you turn around, you can see them standing at the edges of the woods and occasionally still hear them giggling, but most of them have gone back to eat the ones that you left. They will enjoy veal tonight, and not even properly prepared. So, that is where we are now. There's a light in a hut nearby, and there's a light in the larger Vicar's house. This is if this is Vickers Town, which it should be, this is where the, you know, the uh, Lady Ann Wellow, the believer, uh, supposedly is here in this town. So what do you guys want to do? We have reached a new low. Slaughtering children and not being able, not being success, successful at it and having to run away. That does hurt. They were cannibal children. We had to fight them, but yes. I do also regret our not killing all of them. True. Well, that's a waste of money, if you ask me, but... Yeah. No, I no. just am worried about my immortal soul after this is all over. What we've done. Was it... Was it... For good? I mean, I, I it must be... But I, I, I think God is, thinks okay to kill cannibals. Yeah, yeah, that could be true. There's a lot of people who say that God has abandoned the world, and that's the way it is. But probably the Lady Anne Wello doesn't believe that. So as I say, you have this uh, the hut that's lit up and then the, the, the large house. Is there one that you prefer over the other as a place to look for her? Um, well, the large house, I would assume. Okay, okay. Well, unless one of you just was so curious that you had to go open the... Or knock on the door of the, the the one lit up hut, and you can hear somebody crying in there for for whatever that's worth. But well, so, that might uh, change. Oh, things. does that change things for you? Oh, maybe you should stop at the hut then before you walk all the way down to the the large house. Yeah. Okay. Well, you knock on the door. Another one opens it. <gasps> bless you, bless you. Come in, all of you. <gasps> you especially, they say, pointing at uh, at you, Fergus, and they say. There's three of them in here. There's uh, two women and a man. Uh, the woman speaking, she says, I'm Helen. Uh, there's Richard and Sue. We're starving. We're starving. We beg you. We've been begging someone to come by. We haven't had the strength to do this ourselves. We want you to kill one of us so that the other two can eat. Will you please do that? Will you please kill one of us so the other two can eat? Um, wrong house. I, I'll be leaving. <laughs> no. <clears throat> well, you guys can step out. I'll take care of this. All right. I don't think I even want to know. I just... Uh, I well, thought what? we had reached our low, and now we immediately go lower. <laughs> but at least I don't have to be part of it. All right. Well, no, uh, would you guys it, like to step it, out? They want to eat the meat, so... I don't see why it benefits you, Fergus. I mean, you're, you're usually in it for the coin. We won't be getting coin. You'll just be giving them food. Oh, we'll pay you if it's coin you want, sir. We have hoarded a collection of useless shillings. They're yours if you'll just merely k- 
kill one of us, but we don't want to know which. We will all turn and face the wall and close our eyes, and you kill one of us. I love you. I love you. They hug each other, and then they face the wall, and I'm going to assume that Lil and uh, Fenton have turned away and gone outside. And Fergus, what do you do? Um, do you want to kill Sue, Sue or Henry or Richard? No, uh, not, none of the above. Um, he's going to say, all right, turn back around, you idiots. They slave shamefacedly and a little embarrassed to turn back around. And he reaches into his bag and pulls out, um, you know, a, 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 a dried and cured human thigh that has been, um, you know, like shaved off slices. Right, right. oh. And he's going to, uh, and and it's still like on like one side of it's still got like like he's been shaving off like the uh, the back side, sure, you know, and like but like the front side still has like uh, skin on it, and it's like kind of dried out, but it's like all got like hair and and stuff, yeah, and and so he he'll just like start shaving, he'll pull out one of his little uh, butcher knives and start slicing them off. Oh, the second it becomes obvious that you're going to share it with them, they just almost. They don't really attack you. I mean, they swarm you. And you can hear... You guys outside can just hear them. It's like... Oh, no. Oh, no. And eventually, Fergus comes out. uh, They're feasting on one of them. I can see it in my mind. I know exactly what happened. (laughs) Well, he comes out, and then I'll assume you guys will uh, go ahead and make your way down to what probably is more likely to be the home of uh, Lady Anne Wellow. And uh, as you push your way in... But by the way, as soon as Fergus gets outside, Uh he says, I didn't kill anybody. I fed them for free. Mm, Yes. Well, that was mighty nice of him. Uh, Wow. maybe Maybe he's got a purer heart than you thought. I always carry around a human. You know, it's like a ham on, but it's human. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll show you get the pun. Oh, boy. Well, with so that sure pun, I do. we'll wrap up that pun as you push into the vicar's house. And inside is a, a wooden table and a room full of rotting books. And sitting at the table is an old lady in a dusky blue hooded traveling dress. Hello, and, Willow. Yes, I am the Lady Jane Wellow. And oh, what are we here? A dead clown of contrary faith. Well, were you dismissed from your cult for being too problematic? That's how most of them are. Yes, exactly. And I wasn't funny enough either. I tried to make a joke. <laughs> tried to say, I thought, hello, Wellow would get a bigger laugh, but it didn't. I have not laughed in many years. And I see we have here a member of the Red Cap Society. Hi. That is good. That is good. And you, you are a flesh seller. Well, yeah. The current flesh seller here is part of our problem. I believe that if you've made it here, you must have run through the gauntlet of vile children that come out in the woods after dark, mustn't you? Well, yeah, I thought, uh, at first I saw, you know, all the money that I could be making selling them, but there was too damn many. Well, if it's money you want... They, they say 
sing creepy songs and try to eat us. Yes, well, they will do that. They are vile children. Now, if it's money you want, I could help you with that. As I say, a rather nasty local flesh seller named Avanov happens to have something that I need. In fact, he happens to be in possession of someone I need killed for their own good. Now, I, in case you don't know, was the chief believer of the Church of St. James before it fell to the darkness. And I've retired here until I can be of use in the fight against the darkness. But, as I say, I'm in need of your help. This person who needs to be laid to rest is my granddaughter, Lady Jane Mulby. She was transformed into something terrible. And she will suffer an eternity of torment. So you must travel to Mulby Manor, find a brass key, use that key to open an Iron Maiden. In that Iron Maiden, you will find the Lady Jane immobilized but not destroyed by a stake through her heart. You must remove her head and heart and bring them to me. This will put her at rest and free her soul. But I warn you, Moby Manor is now the home of Avanov, the flesh seller. And he wishes to keep the Lady Jane for his perverse amusement, you see. In fact, I all... I was just wondering why he yes. didn't uh, finish the job, but now I see. Yes, he was so obsessed and entranced by her great beauty that he, in fact, dug her up. All of the Moby clan had been so transformed driven underground, but not fully destroyed, just immobilized and buried with stakes to their heart, but her reputation of being a great beauty was such that Avanov dug her up and keeps her there in the Iron Maiden of the Manor House. Now, if you do this, I will give you some powerful weapons to use against the darkness. And you, sir, she says to Fergus, could take over operations here in Victimshire, you see? And I think you will need further help, however, if you decide to do this for me. But I must ask, will this be suitable to you? Well, for, speaking only for myself, um, you know, I might be a flesh seller and all, but um, keeping an undead vampire around uh, for your, uh, you know private personal pleasure or whatever he's doing there is uh, it's a bit far even for me yes yes I'm sure that's true now the rest of you I will rely on your hatred of evil and your desire to renew the goodness of the world can I rely on that my dead clown and my red hooded girl it is our destiny to fight evil well, you will need some help, however. <clears throat> you, sir, she's pointing at you, uh, Fenton, come here. And she lays her hands upon your forehead. And you get ten hit points back. She takes ten hit points. You're going to see it drain away from her. You know, if you, This heal spell, which you also have. She has to take the amount in damage that, that you get back. And ten is all she can spare. However, I have something for each of you. And she reaches uh, down a, to a box below the table. And she pulls out a box and takes three 
bottles out of it. These are very rare. I've been saving these for just this occasion. I have here three bottles of youth. If you drink of one, you will be healed of all injuries. But use it wisely, for each only contains one swallow. Thank you. So she gives just give like give one to each of us, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands one to each of you. You have our gratitude, and you have mine. You have mine simply for making the attempt. Now, if you wish, you may sleep here and see how far you can get in the hour of daylight tomorrow. Or you may continue on your journey now. No, you want us to remove the head of this vampire. That's very important. Staking a vampire, contrary to popular belief, will not kill it. It will merely hold it in place. It is a great torment to them, a living death, in which they are completely helpless. Only by removing the head and the heart, and then ritually destroying that head and heart, can the vampire's soul truly be freed. And I would have my beloved granddaughter, Lady Jane, freed. For she did not choose this life. It was her husband, Lord John. The entire clan of them, all of them vampires, all of them buried in a graveyard outside Mulby Manor. But unlike her, they linger on. And she must be put to rest. I don't care about the rest of them. At least not today. So, just for clarity, you want us to do the removing of the parts and you're going to do the ritual? Is that how this works? Do we have some fancy ritual we need to know? No, I will take care of the ritual. You merely bring me the head of Lady Jane. And the heart. Yes, and the heart, and where shall we find this brass key? That I cannot tell you. It will be somewhere in the manor. But my guess is Avanov would probably keep it close to his person. Very well. S- suppose we're going to have to, f- to uh, take, it, take him out, yeah? That well, would... it would be my pleasure. And it would be for the best, I believe, yes. So do you guys want to sleep here tonight? Well, traveling it, uh, in the darkness seems uh, hazardous. Sure Where's How far is this manor? I believe it should take you some three hours of travel. So you will be obliged to spend at least some of that in the darkness. But as I say, you are welcome to the hospitality of this hall. And what, what, lies, what, what lies between here and our destination? Is it, is the road, how big is the town? The, the, the road runs through a marsh. I believe there's an old woodcutter's cottage about halfway along the road. And beyond the marsh are some hills. The road is built up above the marsh a bit as a causeway. I say that we go and take advantage of, our, of at least one hour of, of daylight. And the rest, we shall have to travel... By darkness, as always. As always. Well, if it's three hours, then I suppose we ought to leave a couple hours before it's supposed to be light. Because if we're going to have to uh, pop up in this Iron Maiden containing a vampire, we might want to uh, do it when it's light outside, if possible. I see. I see. So, to the yeah, first part a good of the, idea. Yeah, the first part of the journey in the dark. 
That's not a bad idea at all. Well, in that case, I assume that you guys will uh, find some comfortable places on the floor. Lady Jane retires to a back room, and you get a very, very early start the next morning, each of you clutching your bottles of youth, and just in case you need them. And uh, the next day, uh, you, of course, leave before dawn, long before dawn, and head down the path. And just as you get to the edge of town, there actually are some headless <laughs> skeletons hanging upside down from trees. Uh, that have other bones missing and they're gnawed upon. It seems that someone else at some point might have had the same idea you did earlier, Fergus, about hanging some, some bodies up to drain and dry, but clearly probably the feral children have just ripped off every bit of flesh that these skeletons ever had on them. And uh, and they're, like I said, they're kind of right at the edge of the the woods, but the woods aren't nearly as thick in this direction. And you travel on for a while, and you can even see through the mist occasionally, through your peripheral vision, like one or two things moving in the mist. But nothing ever comes close. You hear a few distant giggles, but they're far behind you. And the vile children who chased you last night are probably sated by the flesh of their their fellows. But after a while walking along the edge of this rotten marsh uh, full of standing nasty black water it actually starts to rain a little bit and it's like a black rain it rains down I mean you when you look at each other it's running black on you with black water and uh, this doesn't hurt or sting or anything like that but it's got a, a nasty and unwholesome smell and up ahead actually there is that little woodcutter's cottage you heard about you do see it there's a there's a, a light flickering inside it but as you get closer you see the door is actually off of it and inside you hear a terrible scream an anguish scream but a very like elderly scream like the scream of an old woman mercy mercy and then a deep guttural growl coming from the cabin what do you guys do oh my goodness does it sound like a wolf well i think uh we gotta save grandma little little red riding hood well yes, certainly we must every instinct you have wants to rush up to that door it's a wolf it's not even a wolf as you got as you rush in and i'll assume you know little red cloak who's the first to poke her head through the door and whipping around to look at you in surprise is an immense seven foot tall moon wolf and this this moon wolf has it's got terrible it's bipedal it's got terrible claws and teeth all the better to kill you with my dear and it has glowing eyes the same Oi. glowing eyes the same color of the red moon and when it breathes it's like breathing clouds of vapor and it just leaps to attack you guys so roll initiative and i got a one you let that grandma alone I rolled a six. Hey, 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 you guys have the initiative. Little Red Cloak, since this is your milieu, you have a bonus, actually, to attacking Moon Wolves. Let's hope it comes in handy. Let's hope. Is this your, this is your quasi-cult's whole reason for existence right here. Nice. That's right. Eighteen. That's great. Let's go ahead and have the damage. Maybe, if you get lucky, you could just put this thing down right now. Maybe. You get the feeling you don't want it to attack you. 
Well, your blade slices right into it. Gas, huge gash uh, on the on his side. Blood runs out and steams and hisses on the floor. But it just screams with rage, rears back, and howls really loudly in the night. Uh, but it's not completely dead yet. And Fergus, what do you do? Well, I suppose uh, he's going to have to whip out his sword and take a swing. And I suppose he just might have to. And uh, he will roll a... Oh, wait, wait, what's my attack? Plus three. Yeah, so that will be a 20. 20. That's great. Let's have some damage. This is not as House of Whiffy as I thought it might be. Uh, 19. 19. All right. So you guys have done decent amount of damage to it. Quite a bit of oh, damage. Wait, no, 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 no. Hold on. I lied. That's not... So it was 14 plus... It was 25. Sorry. 25 points of damage. And with that, your blade slices right through its throat and some blood sprays out on both of you who are close. And Fenton, you never have to take your attack because luckily, before before the terrible moon wolf can even attack you, it is... Uh, Falling to the ground and it instantly begins to like melt into the dirt floor. Now that's the second time you've taken a kill away from me. <laughs> I'm getting quite upset by that. Mm. Wow, sorry about that. It's uh, <coughs> I don't, I don't, I was, um, I was just, I didn't think that we, you know, really wanted uh, to be on the receiving end of that thing's claws. You know. Yeah, I think we all are Jimmy Glad's dead. Well, I think, uh, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you, says, uh, the, the old woman who's lying in a bed. Inevitably, she's wearing, like, a sleeping bonnet, and she's laying in the bed. She goes, thank you so much. You're saving my life. I knew the moon wolf would come for me in the end. I, I barely, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm beyond all help. I've, I, I only have a little bit that I can still eat, but I would like you to have... Some of it. Well, look what I have. Look what I have oh. for you. Some lovely, lovely treats for you. This is some of the last in existence. And she reaches down in the crack between her bed and the wall and she brings up a jar with some preserved, you know, dried apples in the jar. They're all wrinkly and everything, but to you guys now, they're like, whoa. You haven't even seen or, you know, smelled anything like that forever. She goes, can I, will you please take one as a thank you for saving me? I beg you. I don't deserve any. I think we should take one, a piece, and leave her the remainder of the jar. I haven't earned it. You Do you have anything else I can kill? Maybe uh, cockroach or spider or something? At uh, least something. I wish there was a cockroach here so I could eat it. But no, alas. <laughs> you think cockroaches would be the one thing to survive in the... Actually, there are flies, so... Uh, but not in here. But no, I insist that you take a lovely, lovely dried apple, won't you all? And she, would you guys want to reach into the jar and take one? It would make me so happy. It would make an old lady so happy. I know I'll die, but I prefer to die peacefully here alone, not taken by the moon wolf. Because then I might rise as a moon wolf. You're lucky you weren't bitten by it. We please take this reward? Who wants to take a bit of apple? I mean, Fergus will do it, but I think this is a bad idea. Yum, yum. Okay, what, what do you think, Lil? Lil was going to take a bite. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but uh, that was the plan. 
Oh, you'll hurt my feelings so if you don't take a bite. Okay. Well, and what about you? Deserve an apple too, you precious well, clown. Uh, no, Why don't you have a bite with us? <laughs> I deserve nothing. I've done you, nothing. If you have a bite, I'll have a bite. I've not earned it. I, I cannot take a bite. Perhaps you could rub my feet very quickly then. They're in terrible need of... Yes, I suffer yes, from okay. the gout. Give me a foot rub. Uh, and then you will earn your apple slice. It's one of the I last suppose. apples. Some of the last apples ever. Okay, so you can rub her, her, her nasty gouty foot. And then you can earn... Yes, anything to... Uh, anything to help... <laughs> Okay, well, uh, I'll assume you take yours, and I know Fergus ate one to be polite, and uh, Lil, did you want to go ahead and eat one to be polite? Yes. All right, well, you do. You do. And uh, she's like, D- go ahead, chew, swallow. She's real excited about it. What do you think? Is it tasty? And it is. It's pretty super tasty, because you don't taste it anything but, it's you know, quite delicious. salted and cured meat. Oh, yes. Well, then I hope you like poison, she says. <laughs> And suddenly he goes like, oh, feels terrible pain inside you. And each of you takes ten points of damage as your insides rot. And that's it. That's all that happens. But she goes, ah! <laughs> As soon as she says, I hope you like poison, uh, <laughs> Fergus is going to pop his vial and oh, the, well, the, the defender on the other guy's and neck. And you, sir, do not take ten points of damage because it reverses the effects of the poison. You do vomit. But I don't vomit. I'm gonna vomit on the old lady. You do. She's laughing. That's when she just when I just stopped laughing right now. That was when she got splattered with vomit by you. Now you guys want to leave her here, or do you want to do anything about it before you? I, leave? You know, this lady. She takes me back to my grandma, and it just pisses me off that she's peeing poison apples after we attacked this moon wolf for. Her. So, I think she needs as many blades as possible. All right, well, if you want to kill her, you don't even have to roll. You, you could just stab her to death. Yeah. Let me do it. Well, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. let Fenton do it. He's, he keeps, I keep it. stealing his kills. <laughs> okay, yeah, Fenton, would you like to kill the old lady? Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I would use my... Now, what's the uh, damage on this uh, black dagger? It, it is the same, 40, 10, but just a plus one to your okay. AR. Okay. Uh, and so you said I, I didn't need to roll? Or? Yeah, you don't need to roll. You just stab her. She, she, where's she going to go? She can't barely walk. She's laying in her bed. Stab her right in the heart. Yeah, so I'm interpreting the one that, that Lynn rolled as just maybe pulling out the dagger and dropping it, you know. Because <laughs> she's so, she'll shock from the poison. But yeah, right in the heart, you stab her. And how much damage do you do? All right. 20. All right, well, she passed 20 hit points a long time ago. And so she uh, you do stab her in the heart, but with her last breath, she's... <laughs> and, of course, you know, she lies there now, a corpse covered in vomit with a smile on her face. I just gotten my 10 hit points back, and now they're gone again. Yeah, that's what you get for saving old ladies. But the good news is that uh, it's starting to brighten up outside. Just a little bit. Just a little bit starting to brighten up. And we'll continue. Now, uh, Moby Manor shouldn't be all that far from here. So you pass through some more woods 
on the other side of the marshes. Um, that rain actually picks up a little bit. So this this black vile rainwater. As soon you come to a river, it's not a huge river. It's Ashmount River. And it's got a few stones interspersed across it. And your mind echoes, hop, hop, my dead frog. As you realize you're going to have to hop, you know, across these stones just to get across without falling into the, the black water, which looks like it's of the same black water. You certainly wouldn't want to drink it. In fact, most of the water is poison. You've got to find, like, springs. There's still a few fresh springs around. But, uh, yeah, the only way to cross this is going to be to hop across. And to do that, we'll just need an AR roll. And you need a 15. I got a 16. Hey, you hop across like an acrobatic clown. But I can tell from the look on Lynn's face that she's falling yeah. into the water. Lil's going in the drink. Okay, well, you you fall in the drink. And what about you, Fergus? Uh, 21. 21, nice. Well, you two go right across. But Lil, Lil you fall into the drink. And uh, just being splattered a little bit by this stuff, you know, when you're being rained on by it, hasn't had too much of an effect. But you go down in, you know, some of it gets into your lips, some of it gets into your nostrils and ears, and it's a horrible, horrible burning cessation. Now, it's not like a super, super, super deep. You can still stand up in this water but and splash your way back out and on the other side of the shore. But you've taken five points of damage just from, like, ingesting a little bit of this terrible water. And, uh, but at least you're past that. And you'll continue on beyond the river. The, the, the trail continues. There's like the ruins of a bridge here that destroyed long ago. And, uh, anyway, they, they wanted to drive the trolls out of the land. So they just destroyed all the bridges. So the trolls had nowhere to live anymore under bridges. And, uh, you go past, uh, these hills and you know that, uh, it's supposed to be like hill country where, Moby Manor is. It's on top of a hill, you've been told. And there's some caves in some of these hills. You go past these gaping mouths of caves in the hills. God only knows what's inside of them. But on the highest hill, just as, you know, it's getting to be that one hour of daylight. And it's still overcast and gray, but you got one hour of daylight. And even though it's light, you can still see the lights inside of Moby Manor. Just a few in a few different windows. Moby Manor is this twisted old ruin of a manor house. And it appears that the third story is, like, burned away at some point in the past. And the front door actually appears to be ajar. There is a graveyard outside with about a dozen old graves in it. And, of course, you heard that the whole Mulby family is, like, buried out there with stakes in their heart. Presumably you could dig them up and take the stakes out and they'd go crazy. But uh, that's not the one you're here for. There doesn't seem like there's, like, a ton of guards around the place. You don't know what kind of... Uh, apparatus that Avanov has but he's the one who's supposedly taken up residence here and I will leave you to it what do you guys you said the front door is a jar yeah it's a <clears throat> jar like like a, just a little bit of jar here in the morning maybe they just like a breeze well Fergus is just going to kick it open and start screaming <clears throat> Avanov and you do that and you cry out when you kick it open uh, first thing you see and your voice echoes around this once, what must have once been a grand and opulent hall. It's all now splattered with blood all over the walls and the ceiling and the floors. And it's covered with the remains of rotting, regurgitated meat. Everybody roll DR, make a defense roll, or roll DR or vomit. 
from the overpowering stench of the rotten, regurgitated meat. It'll be the second time some of you have vomited. In fact, Fergus will just dry heave because he's already vomited once. I got a 19. Well, I will, indeed, oh. then, because I failed. I mean. Okay, well, you dry heave a little bit of the disgusting smell. What about you, Lil? I made it. I rolled a 16. Yes. Will, nice. Will does not spew vomit. And even though this is so overpowering and disgusting, you guys make it through. But there's this decrepit, hairless man with his eyes sewn shut trying to sweep in here. It's a helpless, hopeless task. Of course, he's looking up right in right in the direction of this shout. Uh, and he goes, oh, he's at home, all right. He's at home. I could tell you how to get there if I were properly motivated. Well, you see, he's heavily guarded. All the passageways are filled with rather fiendish traps. <laughs> I know some old ways, though. I could take you through some secret doors, but you have to promise to take me with you when you leave. Says the cleaner. Says the man with the eyes sewn shut that we'll just call the cleaner. Well, perhaps, I don't know. What do you others think? So, so you come to kill Avanov, is that it? Well, he tried to kill me first. He's got it coming. Oh, you must be that young upstart we've heard so much about around here. Well, you should have known better than to poach in on Avanov's territory. Well, he should have known better than to try to kill me for it, because now he's fucking dead. And so will you be if you don't help us. No, please, I beg you, death would be an honor for me, but I hope that you will take me with you. I need life. I need someone to sew my, unsew my eyes. I can't get them open. I'm not really even blind, but he, I, they've just done this to me to torment me. But if you really want, if you really want to kill Avanov, then you follow me. <laughs> we have already been tricked earlier. I'm reluctant. I would try to trick fearsome heroes such as you. Sure. Well, this time and place, of course, well, wouldn't be out of the ordinary. I will take you. Follow me. And he puts one hand against the wall. He's, like, guiding himself against the wall. And you guys have to walk out into this room, you know, like, through the regurgitated chunks of rotten meat. And uh, he leads down you he leads you down this hallway and he goes yes my lord avanov is here he's usually in the lord's chamber but sometimes he's in the lady's chamber visiting his lady yes he has the lady jane here in an iron maiden where he keeps her so he can open it up and well, shall we say, gaze upon her terrible beauty from time to time. <laughs> You're lucky you came tonight. There are usually many monsters here and far more hirelings, but Black Mass is being celebrated tonight in the Archer's Hills, and most of the manor staff are there. It's mostly empty except for all the fiendish traps, and I don't know where they are because it's been done since my eyes were sewn shut, but... There might be some guards upstairs and in the main corridors, but don't worry, we'll avoid all that. Right? Ah, here we are. And he leads you behind this moldering old curtain. This was once the playroom. This is where the master's children live. And you look around the room, and it's just like piles of rotting and disgusting bedding and bones and broken toys. 
You get the sense that the master's children are probably vile children, you know. And he feels, he's feeling around on the walls in the room until he finds a wardrobe. Yes, the master keeps them here to run errands for him. Do I was wondering who the parents were of these vile, vile children. We are all their parents. You and I, they are the children of our sin. And he feels around. Finally, he gets this wardrobe open. It's actually the wardrobe itself is a secret door. And he's before he opens, he goes, "This is the quarters of Lady Jane's former maid servant." And uh, I will let you go in. I've not ever been in there. And uh, you want us to go through the wardrobe? Oh, please. Hmm. Yes, please. It's better not be winter in there. <laughs> No, Mr. Tumnus was evicted long ago. He fell to the darkness. <laughs> After they killed Aslan, there was no hope. Uh, yeah, so who wants to go in first? Um, well, I think Fergus's motivation to kill the guy who had him almost killed is... Uh, Pretty strong. Yeah. Okay, well... Yeah, you, you push your way in first, and the other two follow in after. And this room also is full of filth and excrement and a lot of bones along the floor. There's this huge pile of rotten bedding. You see, it's like a bed that's, like, fallen in. It's, like, fallen down on the ground. It's almost like an L shape. But just erupting out of the pile of bedding is this young woman. She obviously had a once pretty face, but now it's all cut up and scarred, like on purpose by someone. And it's just twisted in lunatic rage. Her teeth are all jagged and sharp from gnawing on the bones in here. And she screams and attacks you guys, just just trying to bite you. She's obviously starving. And uh, she gets a two on her initiative. What do you guys get? This must five. be the this must be the Lady Jane's maidservant. Yeah. What'd you say, five? Yep. All right, well, you guys have the initiative, and Fergus, you're right there in front. What do you want to do? She's probably running right at you, take a big bite, screaming maniacally and incoherently. She looks like she's beyond all help. Well, Fergus takes a big swing, but misses. Oh, no. <laughs> House it. of whips. And uh, what do you do, Lil? As many blades as possible. And I hit four. Thir- 30? 30 points of damage. And yeah, that's enough. To, the blade just rips right through her stomach and cracks open a few ribs as you pull it up and on the way out. And she just kind of pops and withers and falls to the ground and becomes part of the bones on the floor. And I'll probably have to start calling on Fenton first so he can actually kill something at some point. <laughs> Besides, you know, little old ladies lying in their beds. But, uh, uh, ah, you've dispatched her. I was always afraid to go in there. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Avanov locked her up yes. in here. Something she said offended him. And he says, now, and he, on the other side of that door is a stair. And that would lead directly upstairs to the hall where you will find the lord and lady's chamber. The lord's chamber is on the left, and the lady's chamber will be on your right. And this is a secret hallway. Well, it's the servant's hallway. It's been so long since it's been used by the maid servant that I'm sure no one will expect you coming up that way. And you haven't made that much noise down here. So I certainly hope that you will come back and take me with you after you 
kill Avenal. You're not going to lead us the rest of the way there? Well, if you if you insist, but so far you haven't promised to take me with you. If you live, I promise we'll take you with us. That is very ambiguous, but if you insist, and he begins, he feels around on the wall until he gets to the stairs, and he begins to creep up the stairs, and I'll assume you follow him. There's supposed to be traps up there. Maybe he'll trip them. Hopefully we haven't made too much noise. Okay, here we, here we are. Now, and he opens a door. That it's, uh, it's just kind of, from the outside, it like, looks like it's just part of the wood paneling in the hallway that you see. But uh, there is a, a guard standing right out here in the hallway, sitting there watching the door open. And he's only got one arm, actually. And it looks like it's been, like, amputated and cauterized. But he's holding the spear with the other arm. But the second he sees you guys, he takes one look at you guys, all covered with blood and clown makeup and a red hood and a flesh cell. And he turns around and bolts for the uh, the end of the stairs, the end of the hallway. But he actually forgets about the traps and a plank of wood like swings out with a huge spike in it and just impales him because he's forgotten and he stepped on the wrong tile and a plank of wood you know, f- swings out from the side of the walls and just kills him. And he kind of rocks back and forth on the end of that plank. Wow, he... He should have been the clown. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but that's enough noise here. What's all this then from inside? Jasper? Jasper? Says a voice from inside the Lord's chamber. What do you guys want to do? Yes. Yes. My Lord? He doesn't believe that at all when you call it for Jasper. And the door opens wide. And you see. Avanov himself, he has leathery skin and an eye patch, and he too has filed his teeth down into points. He wears this, like, floppy black Florentine-style hat. He's got in his hands a wicked-looking curved Turkish blade, and rather awkwardly, he wears this, like, full-size skull on a chain around his neck. He goes, you, he says, pointing at you, Fergus. He goes, how dare you penetrate here? Don't you know... I am Avanov, the great flesh seller in Victimshire. I am the beloved servant of Zarakar, queen of demons. You're no match for me. I'll dine upon your sweet flesh, boy, and your friends, too. And I've got special plans for you, he says. But he's pointing at you, Fenton. And me. clearly there must be a fight. And I would encourage you to roll initiative. Oh, shit, but I got a six. So you want to tie me, at least, so we can have to re-roll. I, I rolled a six. Oh I my god, let's roll again. Swear. Oh my god, I swear I got another six. I swear I got another six. <laughs> Check it. Well, why am I lifting it up and holding it to the camera like that? Would, the game does hate you. I have another six. <clears throat> yeah. And oh, I, I swear to fucking. <laughs> oh man, here okay, six. Yeah, I rolled a six. You know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll show you. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I see it. I see it. Is. We've had four sixes. Okay, well, it's the four. It's the it's the the hyperdimensional number of the beast. And I got a four this time, though. I got a three. All right, well, he goes first after all that. Well, what happens? Um, he kind of waves that Turkish blade around a little bit, but that skull that he's wearing on a chain around his neck, because this is a gift from my patroness. He must mean that queen of demons. And the skull's 
jaw opens up and it just screams. It screams this high pitched banshee like wail. You guys roll DR to be able to cover your ears and avoid this this hideous sound. Because it is awful. It is like the worst sound you've ever heard. It is just full of of anguish and fingernails on a chalkboard. Even worse than fingernails on a chalkboard. It's like nails on a chalkboard. And oh no! I don't think that... Oh no! I'm seeing thumbs downs all over except for... It looks like everybody but Fenton suffers. And I'm going to roll damage. And you would take physical damage. That's how bad this is. Oh my god. Okay. You take 21 points of damage, both of you, from the shock waves that riddle through your body at this horrible, horrible cry of the thing. And that that thing is just, it could go by itself, right? Uh, Avanov himself hasn't even gone yet. He rushes forward to attack the one person who's not... But, uh, no, even with his AR, he gets a 14, which is not good enough to hit you, Fenton. But you're the one he rushed in to try to attack because you're the only one not going, ah, you know, at the moment, uh, reeling in pain. But now it's your guys' turn. And since you're closest to him, and uh, go, go ahead and go, Fenton. Go, Fenton. Fenton. All right. I will, um, you know, might be smart to drink that bottle of youth. Right now. Okay, do you want to do that instead of attack him? Yeah, go. while I have the chance. All right, go, 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 Okay, what about what are you guys doing? What are you doing, uh, uh, Fergus? Fergus? Uh, <clears throat> he's gonna try to. He's gonna attack. All yeah, right, come at me, boy. Ooh, natural twenty. Oh, here we go, natural twenty. Well, better not kill him. I'd love to say there's some big bonus for that, but the game hates you, so there's normal damage. Twenty-five. Uh, 31. Oh, my. 31. That is a significant hit. Blood just begins spraying out of uh, an artery along his neck, but he's still not completely down yet. He looks absolutely shocked, though, and surprised, but he's a little bit of life left in him. And I'm sorry. You know what? He's not the world's (laughs) bravest man, and even with the power of his patroness behind him, he feels he's way too close. You can see the fear in his eyes, and he turns, and he runs, but before he can run, Lil, what do you do? Um, I'm actually using this round to take my healing drop. Okay, well, you take it, and there you go, and glug, 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 and you're back up to the top, and, uh, it is, uh, now around. He's gonna run for the stairs. Luckily, the the, the trap's already sprung, you know, at the top of the stairs. I assume that uh, we saw you will be chasing him. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, well, yep. you spoke first, so I'm going to assume. And you hate him more than anyone else, so why don't you rush and see if you can attack him? He's like, no, wait, we'll make a deal. 50 50-50, 60-40, 70-30. As you get closer and closer to him. Well, that's going to be an 18. Yeah, you hit him all right. 90-10. Uh, I didn't roll... <laughs> Nearly as good, but good enough. Looks like uh, it's going to be a hundred zero after all. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Twenty-one. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, you stab him to death on the top of the stairs, and he slides off your sword and damn tumbles it. down. Ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. Damn it! All the way now down. You, you, I quit. <laughs> 
all the way down to the bottom of the steps, all the way down to the bottom of the steps, and he falls, and, and, uh, and his neck cracks awkwardly. And uh, um, I was so close. And right then, you hear a big gaggle of little children's voices running in from outside, and they uh, they go, "Daddy, daddy, daddy!" And uh, they uh, begin eating him. They're not even concerned about you up at the top of the stairs. They all come in and start. All the vile children begin eating Avanov. The flesh seller becomes flesh. If he's if he's got the, the brass key, hopefully they don't eat that. Well, I was well, thinking the same thing. Well, it might be in his room. Maybe we take a look at his uh, lord's chamber. And in fact, uh, in the lord's chamber is actually quite uh, luxurious. In here, there's like a great big four-poster bed. There's a dead girl, a freshly dead girl, on the bed. And the less said about that, the better. Uh, on the floor are big, heavy rugs. There's a table with a bronze box on it, which looks promising. That'll be it. Yeah. Uh, Fergus says as he walks over and slaps it open. Yeah, you slap it open. And indeed, there's a rather ornate bronze key in there as well. So I assume you'll take that. Yes. And then uh, I suppose proceed to the uh, Iron Maiden that uh, I believe was pointed out to us by the guy with his eyes. Well, he, t- he told you where it would be, which is uh, was the, the door right to your, uh, would have been to the left of this one. And so you look inside that room and uh, this, unlike the rest of the rooms here, this one just looks perfectly preserved and maintained. It's retained its... Uh, Luxurious furnishings and tapestries, and in the corner of the room, standing there is an iron maiden with this lock of a rather intricate design. Do you want to put the key in the lock and open it? Yes. All right. Well, you guys all wait in anticipation. You open it, and the iron maiden pulls open. You know, it's got a little resistance to it as all the little spikes on the inside of the iron maiden pull out of whatever's in there. And inside is the lightly perforated body of Lady Jane. She has, she's a great beauty, despite you know having, you know, nails driven all through her body. And she has this raven black hair and pale skin and a red dress. And uh, you know, the thing is, though, you've been told that she had a stake in her heart, right? But she doesn't. In fact, she opens her eyes, goes, Hello! And I need you to roll for initiative. As she lurches out of the Iron Maiden, she gets a two. Been lied to. Again. Again. So what'd you get for initiative? Four. Well, you have the initiative as Lady Jane, the vampire, lurches her way out. And okay. Yeah, and I... I think we can all agree Fergus was probably closest because she's going to open this. What do you do, Fergus? She's probably you're uh, probably the one she's going to bite. She's going for your neck. Well, um, I didn't. So you had us uh, pick up the four mundane things that could be carried in a pack. Yeah, you and sure I did. Specified, I specified the desiccated rat uh-huh. and the human thigh. Right. And a small bag of human hair, fingernail, and toenail clippings. Okay. But I did not specify a fourth thing. So if I may take the liberty to specify a fourth thing as being a wooden stake at this moment. <laughs> I think that's fair enough. I think it's fair enough. So why don't you get that out and uh, 
see if you can stake her. But I hate to say this: to stake a vampire right in the heart, you need a minus two to your AR. So really, what are you at a plus one? I think. Uh, yes, that is correct. Right. So well, let's hope I roll well. Hopefully, you do. Uh, not well enough. That's oh no! Well, you do stab her, but you know it's uh, you know, it doesn't really have much of an effect. And she laughs. She laughs at you. She goes, "I'll take a bite. Stay with me." And uh, what do you do, uh, Fenton? Let's let you go. Well, <clears throat> I did um, specify one thing that I had, which is a Bible. Mm-hmm. Um. Don't know if that uh, has any in-game effect. I don't know. Why don't you get out and see what happens? I imagine it might have a cross on it, at the very least. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, I'll take it out and maybe try to uh, read some scripture. All right. We'll make a soul Make a soul roll. Okay. You've got a good plus two on soul, don't you? Just to see if it has any effect yeah. at all. I'm not saying it does either, but... Go for Power it. Power of Christ compels Power you. Power of Christ compels you. Yeah. Um. Oh, plus two, yes. Yeah. So, 17. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's great news, because she doesn't do anything to you, but she points at the Bible, and it catches on fire in your hand. He goes, ah! And ah. you're not hurt, but you have to drop the burning Bible. She goes, I care nothing for your Jewish God. And, uh, uh, Lil, what do you do? Is, what's the oh. source of light? Do we have torches, lamps? Well, it's daylight coming in through the windows, but not like, you know, just okay. ambient gray daylight. Okay. I was hoping to fire bomber with something. I guess I can try to set her on fire with the burning Bible. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that, that sounds iffy, but you can go and kick the burning Bible over. Maybe the bottom of her dress will catch on fire. I don't think that's totally Maybe. crazy. So, right. see, I did say she's wearing this big dress. So, why don't you make an AR roll to kick the skittering Bible? Oh. Nope. Roll an eight. Don't worry. Soon you'll be beautiful like me. I'll put you inside. And she's gesturing behind her at the Iron Maiden. And, uh, um, I'm afraid it is now her turn. Virgus, she, uh, reaches, lashes out at you, tries to grab your neck, says, Give us a kiss. But... You're able to, you know, she, she's ra- kind of wrestling with you at this point. She can't get a good purchase on you. She can't bite you. And uh, she's not going to do anything else at the moment. So this time, what do you do, Fergus? You're right there. She's right on yeah, you. She's to trying to bite your neck. I'm going to try to stake her again. All right. You're with that stake. Stake her. I'll, I'll reduce the penalty a little bit since you're right there. So let's just call it a plus two this time instead of a plus one. But now, oh my god, I rolled a 17, so that will be 19. There you go, and she screams at the top of her lungs. Her eyeballs roll up into the back of her head. But then she becomes more or less immobile, and she tilts backwards and falls back into the Iron Maiden. You know, it doesn't slam shut, but she's suddenly and completely still. So you know what you have to do. Right, then let's cut off her head, cut out a heart. That's what we came for. Yep, that, that is what you came for. And I think I'll let you uh, get through that grisly business. Fergus will have the necessary skills to and cleanly tools. And, and tools. tools to lob off that head. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Fergus is going to bust out his tools and uh, get the job finished. 
Alright, well. You get that job finished and you head back outside. And, of course, you know, you've been in here for about an hour now, and so darkness is starting to fall again as you guys walk back out in the night with your grisly prize. When, in the dim moonlight, you can see some hideous shapes at the edge of the clearing and coming through the hills. These must be the monsters returning from the black mass. Dozens and dozens of twisted and grotesque shapes begin to rush towards you, but friends, that's really all we have time for on this Halloween special. So, listeners, uh, you know, we've only just scratched the surface of Victim Shire. That's like less than one twentieth of it. You could run a a whole short campaign based on that setting. And uh, I hope you'll check it out and check out The Hateful Place, which is one of the cooler indie games I've seen in a long time. And for essentially having no marketing to speak of, it's developed quite a following just by word of mouth, and we're certainly not the first podcast to have played it. I should also point out all the uh, music you heard during this was from Scott Chafin and I. We have a project called 6DB. Scott's been a guest on that program before, and uh, if you want to hear it, you can check us out at brightonstreetghosts.bandcamp.com. Of course, our familiar theme song actually is by Meany. And, uh, so I want to wish my fellow gamers a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Indeed, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yes, and thank you, Lynn, for joining us once again for another Halloween special. We'll see you next Halloween, if not before. Excellent. Looking forward to it. All right, well, uh, in that case, uh, everyone out there, have a ghoulish Halloween. Enjoy yourselves and be safe. And uh, as always, we'll see you next time with something completely different. Hey, everybody. If you like our podcast, don't forget to leave us a good rating and or review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever you're able. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Goonies underscore world. And check out our website at GooniesWorldPodcast.com. Email us at GooniesWorldPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.